everyone to a special mini episode of Steeping Together, where we explore a specific topic within the vast world of tea with a tea enthusiast. I'm your tea-obsessed host, Marika, and I cannot wait to dive right into today's topic. So today, for our season finale, we are delving into all the questions we have received from our fans, either via email or social media. We get hundreds of questions each and every day, and although we do our best to get answers to everyone, we don't always have the time to give longer answers to interesting queries. So, with the help of our guest Sinea, the Senior Director of Tea and Product Development here at David's Tea, we are going to pick the questions that come up the most often and try to see if she can spill all the tea regarding some of the things that we do here. Welcome, Sinea. Thank you. I'm back. You're back. <laughs> it's such a delight to have you back. And I don't say that for every guest, so you should definitely feel very special. Thank you. I do. I know you don't because I listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sinea, for anyone who would have missed your previous appearance on the podcast, who, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been with Davis T for about 11 years now, um, starting off in our stores. And now I'm the Senior Director of Tea and Product Development, where we do everything from taste the teas to build the assortments to build the kits and work on all the hard goods that all of you enjoy. You really have a hand in kind of everything that we do at David's Tea now, really when it comes from the product ideation phase. And a lot of the questions that I found on social media, I've been able either to ask other experts in the office or outside of the office, you know, caffeine level, water quality, all those kinds of things. But some people want to just know about us and what makes David's Tea unique. And I couldn't think of anybody who could, like, answer all of those questions. <laughs> I would have needed, like, six different people. And I was like, okay, Sinea is going to help us answer our most frequently asked questions. I feel like you may be nervous. I'm putting you in a position of asking you some really tough questions. Where are you at? I'm very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I can do it. I'm, I'm ready. I'm here for you. Okay, perfect. So the first question actually comes from our tea tasting club from a member called Perry Papadopoulos. Thank you so much for your question. And it's a tough one. Mm -hmm. It's a tough one. What's the most unique tea that you think we've ever released? Now, we've released close to a thousand teas. I'm sure there's more. I feel like there's more. <laughs> I just feel like when I go in the system, I'm like, wow, it definitely feels like yeah. it's over a thousand. You've been here for a really big chunk of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know this is a tough question for you. What say you, Sinea? It's like choosing your favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Very much so. But there are definitely some teas that are a bit more unique than others. Like, I would say... A relatively newer one to the collection would be Maui Madness. Mm. That's the first time we've ever used an ingredient called purple potato that gives it a really, really beautiful color. And we included that ingredient because we definitely identified a trend in terms of the colored Instagram, TikTok, beverage space. So that one would be my number one, I think. Mm -hmm. I do have others, though. Okay. But I just have a question about Maui Madness because it's interesting that you say that you were looking at a trend. You know, we, we mm -hmm. talked about this last time. You know, you're very much uh, focused in on, you know, what's trending, what ingredients are available, what newness we can bring to a collection. But you've been here 11 years. So you've been at David's Tea longer than there's been Instagram. 
<laughs> okay. So I guess you've kind of seen the shift change from like, we don't really care what the color of the tea is. And not that that's the primary focus of Maui Madness. It's a really refreshing tea. Mm-hmm. It's really fruity. It's really fun. But that purple potato is an ingredient that, I mean, I steep it and the color makes me happy before I've even sipped anything. So it is an important part of the tea. Do you think that in the past 11 years that's become like a bigger focus is like the color of the tea because of social media? Yeah, I, I do think so. I think that in the tasting room we were really focused obviously on the flavor and on the visual appearance of the, the tea leaf and color was important enough. Mm-hmm. But I think that especially with the kind of Instagrammable nature of certain colors and and flavor profiles and beverage types and the addition of lemonade and what will that do and all that kind of thing. Um, I definitely think there's been a shift and we, we are a little bit more focused on color and trying to be a little bit more mindful of, oh, we don't need all of these red teas. Let's try and introduce a blue or a purple where we can or a matcha. So I do think it is important. I, I agree. And I think if you'd asked me this question maybe even like five years ago, I would have said, what are you talking about? Who cares? <laughs> you know, I just want it to taste good. Yeah. But there's something really interesting about giving an ingredient like purple potato, like the forefront, because it is from a blending perspective, also really good. It balances out the tea really nicely. It gives the flavor profile a chance to breathe. And then... Like I said, like you see the color and you want to drink it. So it is becoming more important and you're giving, you know, light to an ingredient that previously was almost never used in tea. I've never seen it being used. No, I agree. Well, excellent answer. But you did say you had more because I said, what's the most unique tea? And you're like, no, 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 I've got got more. What are the three most unique teas? (laughs) (laughs) The floor is yours. That's what I heard. Um, All right. So going back a little bit to... A collection from the past. If anyone had seen soup teas, that was a pretty special moment for us. I think that was the first foray into salty David's tea profiles. So those, for anyone who doesn't know, were kind of these powdery teas that were tomato, turmeric. I think we had a spicy rasam, matcha miso. They're very um, savory as opposed to our more sweeter kind of like fruity profiles, I guess you could say. Uh, They're meant to be just stirred in water and just kind of think of them as instant soup packets. But they all had a base of some type of tea, green tea or I think there was matcha, obviously. Yeah. So those were pretty unique. Those had a really nice moment. So I will always remember soup teas because they launched when I started working at David's Mm -hmm. Tea. And I remember thinking, wow, this is really innovative. This is really fun. Because having lived in China, I'd seen a lot of like soups with tea in it. And they were always really complicated to make. Right. (laughs) And I always appreciated them. But I was like, I'm not going to to make this. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do this. And so to have that kind of instant uh, tea powder, kind of like matcha, basically you guys mm-hmm. took the principle of matcha, extended it to soup teas, and like I remember there was like a rosemary black pepper, yes, I think. Yes, yes, that was a good one. That one was so good. It was so mm-hmm. hot and warming and comforting. And as a tea enthusiast, I like having tea in every single <laughs> aspect of my life. And <laughs> those, those soup teas fit the bill, let me tell you. I know, they were so great. And it was just, I really appreciated them running from meeting to meeting and just being able to have like a little like savory snack in between. (laughs) They were just, I don't know, it just was super comforting. Tea is meant to be comforting. So it felt like the right product. It was the right product. And it came with those giant mugs. It did cut, yeah, we did have a... 
a little kit. Yeah. I loved the giant <laughs> mug. Yeah, I used it, it for the soup really teas, cute. but I also used it for like everything else. Yeah, yeah, it just made sense. No, and it, then it, could, it became a little bit more diverse. I was seasoning vegetables and chicken with them. So that's always fun when a product can be used in different ways. So yeah. it's really nice. Nice call out to mm. soup teas. Maybe we'll we'll see them make a return in the Maybe. future. Who knows? Snea, I promised the listeners that you'd be spilling the tea. That's not our, our soup tea's coming no. back. <laughs> Tell the people. <laughs> Write in if you want soup teas to come back. Let us know if you want the soup teas to make a return. Well, those I are... I want more tea. Oh, really? Oh, yes. okay. Because I thought soup teas, because they were like four. I know, there were three in there. Yeah, that's very confusing. I apologize. I... Let's... I, I'm so sorry to okay. have stepped on your toes. Okay. Please okay. tell me. All right. The last one, I think, would be... Silver Bell Oolong. And the reason why I say that, I mean, this tea was previously named Monk's Blend. For people that don't know, it was rebranded for the holiday purposes. Um, This is a blend of white tea, uh, jasmine green tea pearls, and a milk oolong base. And I think if you think of those teas on their own, they can be a little bit more complex and can bring out some astringency. And I think that just in the blending process, they marry really well and make for a really nice, creamy, well-balanced cup. I have to agree with you. Mainly because monk's tea is something that you find on the market. We were not the only people to market monk's tea, but to find it with the types of teas that we use in the base. Like you said, the white tea in combination with the jasmine pearls with the milk oolong base. It reminded me of other monk's teas that I've had in the past, but it Mm -hmm. was way more elevated and a lot less astringent and bitter which yeah. is what I appreciated about it mm-hmm. because that was one of the reasons I didn't really drink a lot of monk's teas. They mostly have green tea bases. And this one was just smooth, like yeah. like Luther Vandross smooth. <laughs> I'm dating myself by saying Luther Vandross, but it's just, you know. That? <laughs> the, the TikTok generation is like, what is she talking about? Um, <laughs> But, yeah, just really velvety and smooth and nice. And so, mm. yeah, it's not the most out there profile, but really when you taste it and you've tasted other teas in that category before, green, jasmine, all that, you, I think there's a, yeah, there's something that makes it special. So, so most unique that you have to taste. Yes. Ah, interesting. Interesting. No, because I, you went for the innovative ingredient. Yes. You went for the innovative preparation savoriness. <laughs> and then you went for, look, you just got to try it. Don't trust me. Don't try you- it. <laughs> try it for yourself. <laughs> well played, Sinead. I think you're, you're well on your way to being prepared for the next question. Oh, Are boy. you ready? Yes. Okay, so this was also someone in the Tea Tasting Club, and I really hope I am pronouncing their name correctly. Apologies if I'm not. Kanya Kayette said, I would like to hear more about the creation process. Like, how do you decide on which ingredients to use to create a blend? Mm. So, Sinea, tell us. This is one of my favorite things. So, I think a lot of people that know me know that I love taste tests. Mm. So, and that could just be as simple as eating something new, or it could be a matter of eating something or drinking something that fits into the same wheelhouse. So, a new soda line, all of the flavors under that umbrella. Um, But I think that you'd be surprised to know that we take a lot of inspiration, not really from the tea world necessarily, but we we take a lot of inspiration from food and beverage. And uh, we like to make variations on the beverages or foods that we experience. So for example, a tea like raspberry mojito. Raspberry mojito is not the typical profile of a mojito beverage. um, But I I think what's playful in our realm is like, okay, you know what? 
mojito is something approachable. Some, mojito is something commercial. Let's add an ingredient that'll get, that'll jazz it up a little bit and make it a bit more unique, and we'll create a curiosity for people to to try. Same way, sparkling sangria is an example. That one is a little bit more effervescent in the cup um, because of the floral notes and because of the the the, the sweetness that comes out, um, we we pull on that from the sparkling teapot nature um, of, of that of that beverage type. Um, so it really comes from inspiration outside. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Well, it, it, answers, it answers the question. Yeah. So I just I want to kind of understand. I I do know you, and mm-hmm. you are taste tester supreme you'll try anything <laughs> once yes. and sometimes i have come to you with new things to taste and you're like oh i've already tasted that like really <laughs> it's hard to catch you off your game when it mm. comes to that um but it does make sense just i'm trying to look at it from an outside perspective of a lot of our teas are not necessarily coming from the traditional tea world the eastern tea yeah. world we obviously have a number of single origin garden to cup teas. Obviously, we honor and respect, you know, that history, but we are making North American teas. Mm-hmm. And through that fact, we kind of look at North American foods and try to do what I've always affectionately termed molecular gastronomy for everyone. Yes. <laughs> I know it annoys you. <laughs> yes. That I say that all the time. But, you know, s'mores chai is the example, you know, or um, as you said, like raspberry mojito. I mean, that's a drink. But mm-hmm. trying to take a staple or a more common ingredient, dish, beverage that we'll find in North America and recreate that in a blend, an infusible thing that you can have really in less than five minutes. That's yep. what's really extraordinary is whether you're making it hot or iced, most of our teas can be prepared in under five minutes. Yep, for sure. And I think that once you start finding inspiration in things that you're consuming, you'll be eating a meal and you'll just think, oh, okay, right, yep, this this tiramisu, this is a tea. This is tiramisu will become a tea. You right. just kind of like everything that you eat or drink kind of enters this realm of this like background list that you keep in your mind like oh well I did have this Sicilian lemon tart maybe that could be a tea in the future you know it just kind of like enters a bank of ideas and that's where we get our inspiration from and also just ingredients that we see emerging you start seeing it in different different um industries like tamarind is one that we're seeing right now for example Mm -hmm. okay let's see how can we apply that to a blend and um, make that a little bit more commercial and fun for consumers So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not a listener of the podcast, but I'm in the room and I have to ask you. And feel free to decline. What is the one dish that you've been trying to get recreated into a tea that you just cannot make happen? I think that we've been trying for a really long time to have a type of like Rice Krispie style profile. Like the Rice Krispie square? Yes. Like with the marshmallow? Yes. But it is a little bit more complex. Like how do you marry the rice with the marshmallow and not have it too cloying or overpowering in sweetness? type of tea base is it on that's an interesting do you have a solution for us i think i do (laughs) but i'm not a blending expert Mm. by any means Mm -hmm. my instinct is to say take again my chutti right just put marshmallows and vanilla flavoring on it that's a good instinct i think (laughs) but i think the green tea would make it too bitter i don't know we'll have to get billy in here and discuss (laughs) why this rice crispy treat has mm. not happened yet. We'll have a mini episode on Rice Krispie Treat tea. <laughs> Just Rice Krispie Treat tea. <laughs> we'll get him in here and ask him all the yeah. really hard, tough questions. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> okay. 
Next question. Mm -hmm. And this is one that we see a lot in social media, particularly. Mm -hmm. How do you store your tea at home? Because people are like, I have too much tea. I'm inundated. I don't want to get rid of any of them. But how do I organize it? How do I store it? What do I do? I'm drowning. Yeah, I feel like I, so I moved in September and I had, I had this situation at my house, my parents' house. I had kilo bags everywhere. There were tins, there were web pre-packs. It was just kind of everywhere. And I genuinely did not have a solution at that time. So I really do feel for people. <laughs> now I'm downsized. I had to let go of some of the teas. I know that they're safe at home with my parents. Um, but <laughs> You haven't downsized. You just stored it I've somewhere stored else. Them, essentially. <laughs> I've stored them. Um, and I have quite a narrow cupboard and I and I do kind of just leave my more breakfasty teas at the front um, and have another row for my ginger, headache, halo, cold 911 type wellness benefit mm. teas. But it is pretty narrow and there definitely are some tins that are kind of just like stacked on one another <laughs> and I'm just kind of rolling around in there. Um, but that's pretty much it. I think it's more like my routine teas that I keep at the forefront, like the breakfast and the cold and sleep. I could not agree with you more because I think a lot of people think that there's some kind of magic solution. And look, you can do it alphabetically. Mm -hmm. You can do it by tea type, you know, all your green teas together, all your black teas together. Obviously, for storage, just make sure whatever you do. It's airtight? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just okay. make sure it's airtight <laughs> um, so that your tea is protected from light and humidity and everything. But routine, think about what your own mm -hmm. routine is. I yeah. could not agree with that more. I have... My day-to-day -day teas on one shelf, Yep. my iced teas on another shelf, nice. and my sleep teas on another shelf. And that's how I've divided that's it. That's good. Because those are the three things that I need the most. Yeah. I should be making more iced tea at home. I should have an iced tea shelf. That's a good idea. I just feel like every time I put my iced tea with my regular teas, I forget, like, is this better iced or hot? And so I just started, like, putting them in a special yep. shelf. It was okay. perfect. Okay. All right. So that's how we store our teas. I'd love to hear from listeners their organizational process because how many teas do you think you have at home? I honestly don't. I think I have about 15 right now. Like it's what? not, it's not a lot. What? Also because coming to the office, we can drink as much tea as we want. So I'm being a little bit more selective of which ones enter in my house. <laughs> well, I can't say my number now say because it. that'll make me sound <laughs> like it. I have a problem. <laughs> say I did the tally of, when I moved last year, and when I moved, I had about 450. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That's a lot of tea. It's a lot of tea. I do drink all of them, and mm. some I keep for, like, very special occasions, special Wait, guests. They, where do you put them? There are several uh, units mm. in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. I have a mobile shelf of... <laughs> Much to my husband's dismay, there's a large mobile shelf mm -hmm. with all of my teas. Um, and my special, like, Puar teas are kept in a box somewhere right. else in the house because I will only go to those maybe once or twice a year. So I don't need them mm -hmm. to be really accessible. But are um, you the only one that drinks tea in your house? Or do you, are you able to... Because I am one of the few... My boyfriend doesn't really drink as much tea as me. Right. So I find myself having to make all the tea or, like, drinking all of it. So it's kind of burdensome <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely drinking 90 percent of the tea in the mm -hmm. house b because my husband does drink tea every day but he only drinks like 10 teas 
Only 10. Like, there's only, like, a very select... Oh, not 10 throughout the day. No, not 10. Okay. No, no, not 10. No, no, that's me. That's how many cups okay. of tea I drink in a day. Okay. No, he will he'll he has a special uh, love for uh, black, strong black teas, mm-hmm. like Kenyan Tinderet, yep. and uh, he really likes oolongs. And so okay. that's that's all he drinks. I've tried, Sinea. <laughs> I've tried to get him to drink other Throw things. Throw in a silver belt oolong while you're at it. He would never. Okay. I can say that right now. <laughs> That he would smell it and he would be like, no. Okay, perfect. No, thank you. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> okay, so last question. This is a question we get a lot from customers who have visited us in stores, had a sample of our teas, or gotten tea to go. Why does my tea never taste the same at home versus in store when the tea guides make it? Is it the filtered water? <laughs> what is going on? That was literally the question. <laughs> I have also gotten this comment from family members. Um, oh. And I'll elaborate more on that in a second. But I think that, so yeah, in terms of the water, I do think that Ravi's episode on the water quality actually made a lot of sense and kind of decodes a lot of the situations that you have in terms of regional differences with water. And it can affect the the flavor. And it was something that I never really thought of. And I did start noticing the differences when I would work in store and then would come home and, and taste those flavor differences. I do think, though... Another part of it is that, like, when your mom makes you a sandwich, it always tastes better than when you make it. Absolutely. <laughs> so when I was, so when I talk about the family part, the, the my whole family would say, "Oh, can you make us a tea, please? It tastes so much better when you make it." So I think that there's definitely something there. <laughs> I did not expect that answer, and completely agree with you. A tea is so much more delicious when somebody else makes it for you for some reason. And we are not denying the water differences. Mm -hmm. Like I find even just in Montreal in different neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. I can taste the difference of the water based on how old the pipes are. But honestly, yeah, if you make me a cup of tea, it's way better than if I made it for myself. Oh, yeah. And it's not just psychological. I think there's just a – maybe you put just a few more leaves. Maybe you let it steep just – 30 seconds longer. It's just mm-hmm. so individual. Oh, I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that because I've always felt that, but you can't say that without sounding really pretentious. Like, tea no. is so much better when someone else makes it for you. No, and then once you start making tea, like, at least in my case, once you start making tea for those people, like, they're just selectively learning as you're going. So I would always tell my mom, <laughs> you have to you have to use a less hot water when you're making white, green, sometimes oolong teas. Just make sure you add, maybe just add some cool water to the leaves. Mm-hmm. 11 years later, we still don't know which teas we need to put cool water on. Right. <laughs> it's just selective, <laughs> which is adorable. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to make tea for anyone who, who asks or wants one, but it's just very funny. <laughs> Completely agree. The other thing I think is important in this question because it was specifically why does my tea taste different at home versus when tea guides make it? Mm. First thing I'll say is tea guides have been trained to make the perfect cup of tea. Yes. And then they've literally made thousands of cups of tea. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. There is a certain yes. amount of specialization and mm-hmm. knowledge that goes into it. You know, they're not mm-hmm. robots. They're not, this is still someone steeping a tea. You know, we're not making tea from like syrups or not to call out any large chain coffee <laughs> places that mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Um, there is a kind of art to making the tea. And once you've made over a thousand 
in a, you know, a few years working in a store, yeah, you're probably going to make a pretty darn good cup of tea. <laughs> I mean, not to put too fine a point on it. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think it's, then you just get into feeling a little bit more comfortable making your tea once you find out how you like to customize it and what just makes you happy. And just don't be scared. It's all good. I'm sure your tea tastes delicious. I'd yeah. love to taste it one day. <laughs> <laughs> Trust, trust, yourself. Tour. <laughs> trust yourself to make a good cup of tea. That's an excellent answer. Well, you know, Sinea, thank you so much for taking the time because I know that you are a busy lady. <laughs> no. But <laughs> this has been really, really helpful because these are not questions that we can just answer in social media. This mm-hmm. is not something you can say, well, our tea guides are experts and you're not. You know, like you can't. <laughs> Definitely not. It's not the response you want on social media. It takes a longer explanation. So thank you for coming and doing this. I really hope that you'll do it again because I picked these questions literally out of about 100 different oh, questions. wow. So we have more. It's not like we don't have more. But I figured let's finish this season by thanking our listeners with Sinea, who's able to give us these really precise and interesting answers. Oh, this is so lovely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to everyone that's listened. We all love you very much. So that's it for now. We will be back for season three. Stay tuned to find out when, where, how, and who's coming back. If you'd like to reach us with comments, questions, or topics for another mini episode, in the meantime, you can do so at steeping.together at davidstea.com or through our website, davidstea.com. Have a great week and happy steeping, everyone. Happy steeping!